This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. This program is sponsored by New Zealand Bridge, sponsors of Grassroots Bridge across the nation. Welcome to the Bridge Zone. You're at the table with Barry and Mariana. We've played Bridge on the weekend. It was a nice little tournament at Matamata. Did you go to Te Araha on Sunday? No, I didn't. I was busy on the weekend. He was busy. Last week he fessed up that he wasn't going to play any tournaments and I waltz on into Matamata and who do I see but Barry Jones and co. Well, there was this piano. What piano? The farmer's wife bought a piano. What's that got to do with you? That's why I was there. Oh, okay. Tell us the story. (laughs) So, for anybody that's interested, I do a little bit of artificial insemination for some dairy farmers at this time of year. (laughs) And I wasn't able to go to Matamata because I was doing that. But anyway, the farmer's wife bought a piano from Taranaki. And they said, oh, can we be early on Saturday? And I said, can we? Okay, we'll be early. So... I was early, so I entered Matamata, and, and there you are. So you are. one piano in Taranaki equals me being able to play in the Matamata 3A. And he even got an envelope. There you go. Got to get lucky sometimes. Yeah. Tell yeah. you what, with three tables to go, we were running at about 51, 52, I reckon. Yep. And then a miracle happened. Six good boards in a row. There you go. You're in. Six in a row. Yeah, it wasn't wow. Going, it wasn't going very well before then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. So you never give up. Never give up. You just a, a miracle could be just around the corner. Yeah. Wish I could get six good boards in a row. I think it was Rixie Marcus, famous English bridge player. Well, played bridge for England. She oh. wasn't from there originally. That Her comment was, if all else fails, pray for a miracle. That was her advice at the bridge table. <laughs> well, I was on a honeymoon partnership on Saturday. It was very good. Uh, well, that's good to be on honeymoon. We're like, hey, two played together before? No, we're on our honeymoon. And how did that go? Oh, went okay. Got to ride in a flash car, a Tesla. Oof. It's not much reference to the actual bridge playing. Oh, the bridge part. was okay. What did we do? We did a. A 47 and then there was adjustment and goodness me slid to 46 and then we ended up with a 49 so 48 overall first time ever played I can do better what more can you ask for on your first date an envelope oh true yeah actually what was your average score 59 we had in fact we scored 59 and 59 but if you think if you think that was a good steady days bridge it wasn't (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there were some cranky hands in there. I tell you, there was one hand that was being bid, and it was very thoughtful bidding. So it was, you know, no trumps, opening, question, question, ace, ass, king, ass, and then signed off in six, no trumps. And I thought, oh, this is going to look good. I played in six, no trumps, and it looked really cool. Making seven, we got 100%. Really? Yes. There you go. So how did that happen? Why Did you have uh, enough points for slam? No, 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 it wasn't us. Opposition were in... Oh, the opposition were in six, no, Trump. And you got 100%. And we got 100%. So everybody else was making seven or...? Made seven, bid seven. 
Some of them were bidding their seven yes. as well. So these against you, they were in six no trumps. They made seven. Yes. So you never took a bid. You never took a trick. That's right. And you got 100% for that. Yes. Wow. I know. I was very, very surprised. Yeah. But, hey, sometimes it happens. And it was really interesting bidding. So I was quite enthused with it all. I thought, oh, this is going to be a walk in a park. Seems really unlikely that that would have stayed at 100%. I'm yeah, sure somebody else would but just for that yeah. issue, yeah. it was like, oh, crikey, really? They bid well. They played, played extremely well. It looked really nice and clean. And, yep, and I was, oh, my heart felt for them. I thought. It's one of those ones where you really want to slide under the table. Do you have any of those I'm going to slide under the table moments, Barry? Yeah, well, yeah, there were a couple of moments. Often. There were a couple of moments on Saturday. <laughs> he must have been very serious on Saturday, people, because normally you hear Barry Jones when he's in the room, but I very rarely heard him. Oh, yeah, but you were probably busy on your honeymoon. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, <laughs> those things you get up to on your honeymoon, you're not. <laughs> Jeez, I hope you weren't doing any of that. Anyway, let's move on. And joining us today is the gatekeeper of New Zealand Congress, Mr Richard Solomon. He's here to share the fantastic news about the new venue. So this is for the 2021 Congress. Is there any truth in the rumour, Richard, that the Frankton sale yards are on the menu? Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> of course they were buried. <laughs> Oh, it'd be all right in between sheep and kit all day. Why go as far? I'm sure we'd find a value in Oniferro. True. We looked around the North Island, finished up in Tauranga. We did? Yep. Wow. It's good. Pretty popular venue, I would imagine. I think so. We've had a good reaction so far from players, and they seem to like, well, they may not know the venue, but they like the concept of going to the Tauranga, Mount Monganui area. It's usually sunny there. Although I will have to say that on the day we actually first went to have a look at the venue, it was raining so hard, <laughs> but it still looked a nice venue on that day. Okay, right, so shall I give you a drum roll? Right. Where are we going to, Richard? We're going to Bay Park in Mount Monganui. It's a huge, large area, uh, the Trust Power, the Trust Power Arena, and the Lion Foundation Centre in that, which is the biggest area in, in that building. It's huge. And the parking, Richard? I, I'm on Google Maps. It looks like there's parking for Africa there. Yes, there is. There's uh, lots and lots of parking. I think it doesn't rain much in the Bay of Plenty. It's, it'll be fine. <laughs> but wow. uh, you know, there's plenty of parking. Well, you know that Mariana's pretty partial to her parking and her medicine. It's got a couple of bars, of course it would. There's more than one bar there, sure. <laughs> Is there a bar, Richard? There will be a bar there, oh, okay. yeah. Oh, or she'll be yeah. a happy girl. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to put my entry in today. <laughs> okay, thank you. you. You will be the first entry, I think. Woo-woo. That's cool. How big are the playing rooms, Richard? 2,350 square metres. Oh, holy <laughs> you like to work that out? It's over half an acre in old school terms. <laughs> how many um, how many bridge players do you think you could fit in if you had to? At maximum. We, uh, the maximum we've had in the past would be, say, 130, 140 tables, and we will fit those in comfortably. There is room for expansion, which is a one big plus for the place, and it's got a lovely feel. Okay, that's yes. great. Actually, I did have a look at somewhere. I saw a picture of the... Ve- it does look a bit like the Gold Coast venue. It Somebody does, said to yeah. me it's similar. Yep, yep. 
huge. And I know they always take a photo from a cherry picker every year, you know, so maybe maybe we could... <laughs> or maybe Richard will just climb up a, a ladder somewhere. Uh, I don't climb up more than two rungs. <laughs> <laughs> that must be a, a big weight now that we've been able to secure a venue. Uh, sorry, a big... A big weight off your shoulders now oh, that we're going yep, to secure yep. a venue? It's, well, we've had all the um, hassles of this year of losing our venue, finding another one, and then, of course, having to cancel Congress. So it's been a troubled year, but so now we have a new venue, new city, and we'll be looking at some changes to the Congress for next year as well. Okay. And the venue, I understand, has been secured for a little while? Well, we've certainly got it for three years, and after that, uh, all being well, beyond that. Wow, that's got plenty so, of accommodation over that way too. Well, yes, the accommodation is not obviously right by it. I mean, it's about a 10-minute drive down to Mount Monganui or to Tauranga. We're hoping that the council will help out with um, minibus transport for people. The accommodation is not right by, but there's plenty of apartments, motels uh, down in both cities. I'm booked already, Richard. Well, a number of people have booked. I know that already. Well, you're at the Martelletti Hotel, are you? (laughs) Well, there's a number of bridge players, obviously, as well in the... um, in the area, so that's another big plus. Oh, Jenny went into onto Airbnb. We got one. We got a three bedroom house just just over a k from the venue. Wow! Yeah. And it was a good price. So yep. she said, "Shall I book it?" And I said, "Why wouldn't you?" Yeah. <laughs> nice. So, so you put my entry in as well, Richard. Okay, yes, you, you and Mariana, two entries. Yeah, right, yep. go the bridge zoners. <laughs> Hey, well, that's awesome news, Richard. Any yeah. hints about what those little changes might be? You're saving well, those saving those up for next year. We'll save them for next year. But let's say we're looking at things like perhaps no evening play and one or two of the changes to the events that we were going to introduce this year may we may still introduce next year. We like the concept of everyone playing barometer and uh, New Zealand pairs and the restricted open pairs so that we may well introduce that we'll, we'll keep the other ones up our sleeve just for now oh, well I'm sure oh. we'll get you back on the show to talk about those but anyway well done I haven't heard any negative I've heard everybody raving about this so how many how many years were we in Hamilton Richard was it over, uh, it was over 1998, 20 I think was the first time we went to that to that hotel. Yep. So, um, crikey, we don't even say its name now. It's almost like being on Harry Potter and talking about Lord Voldemort. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so 22 years there, so maybe 22 years at the Mount as well. Yep, well, we were 12 before that in, um, 12 or 13 before that in Rotorua, so we stick it out where we go. All right, well, thank you very much hey, for that. Thanks for coming on, Richard, and we'll you know, look for updates next year as to any new exciting things that are going to happen there. Right. (laughs) You have a good day. See you later. And you. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Hey, we've got a little subject that we'd like to talk about today, and it's overleading versus underleading. What's your thoughts on that? So that's some people lead the king from king queen, Mm -hmm. the queen from queen jack, the jack from jack ten, and and controversially the ace from ace king other people play the king from ace king the queen from king queen and the jack from jack queen and the ten from jack ten so they underlead they lead the mm-hmm. the card the second card not the top one is there a benefit in that uh, i don't really see there's a lot of benefit in it 
And as you know, I'm just a simple country boy. I always lead the top one. So ace promises the king, king promises the queen, and queen promises the jack. Mm. Yeah, I just don't really see there's enough benefit to to go there. Now, I guess part of the reason why people might do that is some people like to lead the ace so their partner can give them an attitude card to say whether yes. they like the lead or not. And they lead the king asking for count. So say whether you've, their partner's mm-hmm. got an even number or an odd number of cards in that suit. So because they do that, it probably leads on that if they've got the king-queen and they want attitude, they have to lead the queen. <laughs> and then now, all of a sudden, if they want attitude when they've got the queen-jack, they have to lead the jack. So maybe that's the reason. If you want to use the king for count there, then you probably might want to look at underleading rather than overleading. Not the most fascinating subject in the world, Mariana, but there you go. I'd say just stick to your knitting. Ace from ace, king, king from king, king queen. Just overlead and get attitude. There will be the occasional hand where you really would have liked to count, but every time you play, you probably wish you played something that you don't. It would have worked yep. out well. You can't mm-hmm. always have everything. Yeah. For your average bridge player, I think overleading's absolutely fine. And if you go to a world championship, there'll be plenty of players there overleading. It does appear to be the majority of people use overlead, don't they? Yeah, that doesn't necessarily make it right. But yeah, I don't think there's a problem with overleading. Is it a club thing as well? Is it something that is sort of taught more at a particular club? I think that may possibly be the case. Or maybe it's just sort of you know one person or one partnership starts playing it it sort of might spread in in one club but I don't think there's a huge benefit if there was a huge benefit everybody would be doing it that's correct yeah and so I guess it pays to ask when they're on lead or at least have a little gawk at their system card well yeah so yeah that's a very good point Mariana yeah so when somebody leads the queen of hearts well, hey, they might have the king, which you wouldn't normally expect. So sometimes, quite often, you'll have people asking you, do you overlead or underlead? Yeah, what's your lead style? Yeah. Or, or okay. the, well, the, if you lead an honour, they might just say, do you overlead or underlead? And yeah, obviously, you, you're obliged to tell them if you underlead. And mm. that's maybe one of the benefits is that is that if people don't ask, then they might get confused yes. because they don't expect you to come up with that other card. With the king, yeah. I don't think that's queen. I don't personally don't think that's a great reason to play a convention to try and confuse the ops because they they were, didn't quite pick up on it, but hey, well, I guess it's um it's what happens. I'm confused all the time. <laughs> I don't need to add in little bits like that. Yeah, that's just cuz you had too much medicine. Oh. No, I've been driving a bit. I started a diet. Oh, really? That's right, yep. Does it include medicine? Well, no, <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> I guess it's more to, oh, well, I'm on a diet, so instead of having two glasses, I'll just have one. Oh, well, well that's good. That's half. No, I'm not even doing that. No alcohol for three weeks for young Mousy. Oh, wow. So hang on a minute. What date are we up to at the moment? So that means it'll be it'll be nearly November by the time you have a drink again. Labour weekend, I think I've calculated it out. Oh, that could be a dangerous time. That's all right. In the Mariana Cullen household. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) But that's right. Andrew Robson had some good feedback from some people just saying that they're enjoying his talk about his bridge life. This couple was stunned about his little fall, or his big fall, sorry. So we've got some more to share with Andrew Robson. 
everybody seems to be pretty interested in Andrew Robson's um, interview. So, uh, yeah, really good. I'm really impressed that people are so pleased to hear him. That's great. Cool. Okay, so we've got another subject, dummy reversals. Anybody know what a dummy reversal is? Um, um, no, I've done a bit of research, so I'm going to let you elaborate on that. Okay, so what it is, it's it's not a bad way. Sometimes when you are making your plan at trick one, how many times have I said make yep. a plan at trick one? Failing to plan is planning to fail, all that sort of stuff. It seems natural to try and, if you're in a suit contract, to get rid of your losers in your hand by trumping them or, or setting up a suit and dummy to try and get rid of your losers on that. It seems natural to try and make your hand good. Now, the dummy reversal theory is sometimes it's easier to make the dummy good. That might be natural where maybe you've opened a no trump if you're playing transfers and your partner transfers you to their long major and you end up playing four spades with all these long spades in the dummy. Yep. Sometimes it is sort of logical to try and make the hand and dummy good. Now, you wouldn't think that would make any difference, but it's surprising how often if you look at your hand and think, oh, God, I can't figure out a way to make this. This is just too hard. Sometimes just give it a go. Look at the dummy. So I wonder if I can make the dummy good. Have a look at the dummy and see if you can maybe set up the dummy or get rid of the losers and dummy somehow. And just that way of thinking, of trying to make the other hand good, it can sometimes work. Maybe Rixie Marcus's theory is a good one. If all else fails, pray for a miracle. But before you do that, just see if a dummy reversal could work out for you. Never thought about it. Next time you play Mariana, next time you declare it, yep. think about that dummy reversal. Hey, well, that could be a question for our listeners, Barry. I wonder how often our listeners ever think about dummy reversal. Let us know. The Bridge Zone email is bridgezoneshow at gmail.com. Hey, where's Judge Julie? I think she's looking after the grandies, but here's Patrick. So we have a question for you. Okay, Patrick, this is one of these he said, she said situations at the bridge table. The director gets called and declarer at the time thinks they've been told one thing and the person that actually told him it says they told him something else. If you were the partner of, of the declarer or the partner of the person who bid, when is the right time to speak up and say what you heard? No particular right time according to the law book. Normally the director will control the situation when they come to the table and will hear what both sides have to say. And sometimes it might be resolved quickly between them. One side would be happy to accept what was said. You wouldn't normally have to speak out, but if there appears to be a conflict, both sides are adamant. One says that I said this and the other one says, no, I, I'm sure you said that. And first of all, the director would normally just check around the table and just see if the other two players could shed some light on the situation. Because if it winds up being three people against one, it's normally pretty clear and, and the one normally gives up at that point. If the director doesn't do that, I think I might at least just speak up and say, look, I know what I think I heard. Did you want my point of view? Rather than just button and make it an argument, at least offer the opposite remind the director that they can ask you if they want to. Okay. Okay. Actually, just one quick thought there. If the director can't resolve it, are they allowed to ask a kibitzer at the table what they heard? Is that allowed? Certainly can be done. Yep. I can't remember the last time I've actually used that. Yes, if that was possible. I certainly wouldn't bring the kibitzer into it at the table to make it a five-way debate. Okay. But if I was <laughs> trying to resolve with the four people at the table, 
and I have to make a, or the director has to make a judgment of fact in the end. After hearing everything, if there's still debate about what exactly happened, and I'm trying to make a judgment of fact, if there was a kibitza there, I might quietly take them aside and say, well, look, did you hear anything? Can you help me in trying to determine what Okay. what I'm going to rule as to what actually happened and what I'm then going to do about it. So anybody who's so, there at the time, the director can... Yeah, that is possible. Yeah. I mean, sometimes kibitzers are actually sort of appointed as time monitors, for instance, uh, and report back to the director just from that point of view. That's another thing. I wouldn't normally go to a kibitza when I was considering a slow play penalty just uh, to have their input there for that, but this does seem like a, a useful application. Okay, cool. Maybe the tea lady could help. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Barry. Okay. <laughs> hey, look. What about the people at the next table, Barry? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Look, probably not. They're not meant to be listening. Well, the people at the next table are probably telling you to shut up because they're trying to contemplate. <laughs> that also happens. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that's that's pretty clear. It could be a bit of a messy situation. And I think well, I said to you earlier, I think it's probably more common for all four people to be talking at once than somebody to be remaining quiet. I guess you're looking forward to level one. Well, yes. Auckland's back on Thursday. Oh, nice. um, Thursday morning beginners, and then Thursday night actually is the start of a team's event. I'm in the process of calling around the people who usually play on Thursday night so I can try and sort out who's playing with who and how many teams I've got okay. for the first night back. Hey, and one last bit of info. What's going to happen with the BBO sessions after, say, well, Friday? My, my plan is to do the same as I did after the first lockdown, mm-hmm. which is that I continued doing one per week. Now, the most convenient sessions for me are Friday nights and Sunday nights, so uh, I'll probably be doing doing the same thing again. Oh, brilliant. I imagine. Roughly how many teams do you think you might get on Thursday night at Auckland? Uh, well, I'm already up to uh, seven or eight. I think I'll probably wind up with 13 or 14 on the first night back at Auckland. Okay, Patrick, just one quick question. The Wes Dodd 5A at the Auckland Bridge Club for the 17th of October, is that going ahead? Well, yes. I do know it's election day, but a lot of people will be voting in advance. Cool. Okay, thank you very much, Patrick. All right, You're thank you. very good stand-in no, for Julie. Okay, happy to help. Okay. Right. Bye, Bye. Hey, I hear, Barry, that there's been a name change for the Waitomo tournament. Oh, you mean the veterans' pairs? <laughs> Hush your mouth. Seriously, though, Mariana, it's going to be the place to be this week on Thursday. I hear they've got 19 tables entered, people coming from four hours away just to get there to play on the AP at Waitomo. (laughs) New Plymouth? Hastings? Hamilton, of course. Taupo? Yeah, they're coming from everywhere. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be a great event. I'll tell you what, it's a vintage field for the Waitomo 8B on Thursday. 19 tables entered and counting. (laughs) It's now called the Waitomo Open Pairs. It is no longer the Veteran Tournament. I'm calling it the Veteran's Pairs. Oh, you're so old school, (laughs) Mr Jones. I counted 12 Grand Masters looking through the list of entries, so (gasps) it's all going to be your go there. Yep, so if you think you're heading down that way for a sneaky tournament and snatching up some points... It ain't going to be easy pickings. <laughs> oh, they'll have a great time, won't they? They will. They have it at the golf club there, so there's stacks of room. 
par. I don't know how many tables they can fit in, but it'll be more than 19. I've played on that golf course a couple of times. I've also bashed out at that squash club too. It was a regular haunt for us. But never at the bridge club. No. Anyway, we'll let you know what happens next week. Yeah, we'll catch up with those results. So we're going to end the show listening to our favourite Briton at the moment, Mr Andrew Robson. I've got a question which just occurred to me, maybe talking about how your partnership with Tony might have been a bit difficult perhaps at some times. Any advice for people on how do you treat and, and nurture your bridge partners? They're doing their best. There's no going over spilt milk is spilt milk. We're all human, and so if your partner makes what you think is a bit of a silly mistake. I have a three-second rule with Alexander. If he's done something that I am disappointed with, let's say, for maybe two or three seconds, my expression is just sort of natural disappointment. Then that's it. Then I've got to move on and not show any disappointment or anything after that. You're allowed a sort of very quick disappointment, but that's it. Then you mustn't dwell on it. It's only a game of cards at the end of the day. And I think generally you've got to be very encouraging to your partner and congratulate them, you know, when, when they've played a good hand and say hard luck when something doesn't go right. Yeah, I think Bob Hammond's, um, you know, it was him who said that, um, you know, there's absolutely nothing you can do about the hand that's just gone. Yeah, the best thing on. you can ever do is put the cards away and move on to the next one. And I guess Quite you're... right. Absolutely right. <laughs> yeah, because maybe you can do absolutely something about right. that one. Exactly. He's great at living in the present, Bob Hammond. No one better. Zia, he's a sort of hot-blooded guy who occasionally doesn't leave the last ball behind. Similarly, Tony, totally understand. If you care about the game, which you have to do to do well, then it's totally understandable that you should be disappointed. It's understandable being human that you should show your disappointment, but just you have to be disciplined and you have to stop after a couple of seconds or three you can't just go on about it you must mention it again that the other person knows that they've not yeah. done the right thing <laughs> they, right. they didn't deliberately do the right thing they didn't do the wrong thing to spite their partner so it's completely pointless to dwell on it then you can discuss it afterwards and, and that could be an interesting discussion which could result in learning and that's a different thing but not in a critical way just in a learning way well it's, it's hard though like you don't want to disappoint your partner that's right you know and sometimes you can't always do the right things but sometimes you just right. don't even realize that you've done the wrong thing it's not till you think oh my goodness what I do that for I do that but I tell yeah. you one thing I don't like doing Andrew is I don't like apologizing twice for the same thing <laughs> you know once I... is exactly the right number of times <laughs> twice is once too many you're so right about that you oh. definitely do not need to keep apologizing and I always have I this so thing agree. that I only say sorry if it's my fault. I don't like to say, oh, I'm sorry that happened to you if, I, if it wasn't my fault. So I would always say, oh, look, that wasn't the right thing or, yeah, apologise for that. But I definitely say sorry when Quite I'm right. at fault. Quite right. <laughs> sorry, peeps. It looks like we've gabbled on and on again this week. We've got plenty more of Andrew Robson to share with you. Next week, we share our views on lessons and how they're taken in his bridge clubs and also over here. You'd be interested. He doesn't believe in a whiteboard. He's all about talking and playing. So join us next week. We'll catch you later. Have a great week. Hey, don't forget, I'm still waiting for a text. 027 127 We're going to break out the champagne when it arrives. 3.30 in the morning. 
send it in. And remember, situation's vacant. New Zealand Bridge, sponsoring bridge from beginner to international, nationwide. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.